Welcome to Fake Movie Experts, the movie review podcast that breaks down a movie franchise one movie at a time. Well, we're doing something different now. We're bringing back the old Q because one of hey, our boys... Wait, excuse me? Le quoi? We're, 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 bringing back, the, we're bringing the Q back, kind of, because... That, I didn't agree to this. Wait, you're sticking me on the greatest little passion project on the internet? Yes, we are. What, bro? Corey will what up? Corey will never talk to me again. Yep, that's true, baby. Uh, as uh, our our uh, analyst Keith Swetland, he is uh, doing the God's work of fighting fires for the past month and probably for the next couple. I could use him to do a little bit better so that it's not so smoky. Yeah, that'd be great. No good Keith over here. No good Keith. So Keith, maybe do something. As uh, we're gonna, what we're gonna be doing for the time being until he can return is that we will be breaking down a movie just like we did at the queue. So we're gonna pick bad movies once a week. What each of us will be picking one. I picked this week's, and I'm your host, Joseph Lessel. I'm alongside here with Ricky Marcelli. Joe, we've had a 27 year friendship. Yes, we have. You were one of my best men, you are a god parent to one of my children i'm a better man by the way the better man at the wedding. that's right you were the better man at my yep. wedding and yet you forced me to watch this movie this week and mm-hmm. it's making me question a lot of things well that's how i roll <laughs> uh joining us this week is a uh, former analyst for the queue you can hear him on the war stories you may know him as the ch- ch- chosen one mike booble that's right, slap nuts. I kicked that no good Keith out of here. I took over. And Joe, be careful. I'll bring Jeff back. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, wow. Watch it. Hey, man. What I, I do all, wrong? I got all the stroke around here. You just remember I can, that. I, I do remember that. No, I, it's you stroke a lot around here. There's a big difference. That's that's true. That is true. <laughs> that's high praise. <laughs> that's sweet Nick Cage facial hair. Oh, that gets me going. That is right. Speaking of Nick Cage, this week I got to pick the movie. So Bimber, I, de- I decided to have it Nick Member all year long. So what we did is we got to watch the movie Army of One, starring Nick Cage, Russell Brand as God. You did. Yeah, that is what you picked. Yes. Uh, it's directed by uh, Larry Charles. He directed Borat. He directed Bruno. And he directed The Dictator. All Sasha Baron Cohen movies. That actually kind of that checks out. Honestly, the way this movie was filmed and how they treated the main character. That uh, that equates. It's high praise. Sasha Baron Cohen, not God. He's probably busy, like tricking U.S. Congress people into touching themselves in front of him. <laughs> Tale as old as time. <laughs> so, I can tell you, I do remember watching this. This came out in 2016, December 15th of uh, the year 2016. Are you about um, to tell me this wasn't your first time watching this movie? This was my first time watching okay. this movie. <laughs> you about to say, I watched it when it came out four years I ago. wanted to. But the thing was, uh, it didn't go to theaters. It went straight to on demand. And then I totally forgot about it. Was it straight to Prime or is this when Cage like was putting out a new movie to Netflix like every six months or something? This went like straight to like you had to rent it, not not Prime, not Netflix. It's like you had to rent it. Interesting. Because I saw the truth. Yeah. Straight to voodoo, but you had to like pay for that. Not like, oh, it's free. So you just had to wait five years and it's free now. It's high praise. So, Brick, can you do us the, uh, the oh job? Oh, God. Oh, and God. You, how do I break down this plot? Can you, can you break down this plot? All right. What was the actual character guy's name again? Nick Cage. Uh, it's Gary, no, Gary uh, Faulkner. Gary Faulkner. That's right. Not Faulkner. Faulkner. <laughs> so this eccentric man who is in, who is on dialysis sees God, played by Russell Brand. Very <laughs> sexy God, I'll, I'll admit. Um, Russell Brand informs uh, 
Mr. Nick Cage that he needs to go to Pakistan and capture Osama bin Laden. Not kill, because thou shalt not kill. He needs to capture Osama bin Laden. Well, we go through an assortment of hijinks of him attempting to get to Pakistan to where we eventually in a, well, dialysis-less? However, someone not on dialysis called, get an epic sword fight with Osama bin Laden. And then eventually the news comes out that Osama bin Laden's dead. Or is he? Yeah, essentially he's just he's trying to get Osama bin Laden and for some reason is able to pull like a very attractive lady while this is happening for some reason. Uh, Wendy McClendon Covey. Um, she's in the Goldberg. She's in the. She's from Reno Nine One One. Like everyone else who was in this movie, except her and Russell Brand. I was like, what are the? What? Oh no! And the dude from the Office, Rain Wilson. I'm like, what are you three doing in this movie? Yeah, like you're legitimate actors who have like major roles in things. When Paul Shear and Will Sasso showed up on my screen, I was like, what is happening? Were you kind of like, yeah, that actually checks out. That makes and sense. It, They're in this type of movie. And it does check out. Well, what, what, what's everybody's first reaction to this? Booble? Uh, I chuckled throughout parts of the movie. I won't say I laughed, but I chuckled mostly at the absurdity of it all. Um, but while laughing at, not with the movie, found myself very bored. I yeah. agree to a point. I felt till he got to Pakistan, it was just really cringy. And like, I'd keep checking the timer and be like, I'm only 30 minutes in. Because I felt like I'd been watching it for two hours at that point. But when he got to Pakistan, that's when the movie really like opened up for me and was actually like, funny i was like what the fuck is happening and we've left out like the biggest point of this whole thing gentlemen this is based on an actual person yep uh it's based on a real act uh, guy who was was on the view if you watch in the credits he was on it he was also on david letterman and uh, i will say they made his character in this movie with nick cage look way crazier than his actual look was like he just looked like a typical like insane white like middle-aged white person nick cage made him look like an absolute psychopath yeah uh, it's that nick cage had to put his own twist on but the for me uh for me watching this i was enjoying it and then I will not lie when like he comes back after the hallucination, like the fight with Osama, there was like 15 minutes left. And it, for me, it felt like it went for another 45 minutes. I was like, it's not over yet. How's what is happening here? If the movie not- was just Pakistan and ended after the Osama bin Laden fight, I would have like, that was good and funny and fun. Everything else, I'm just like, okay. Yeah, like the draw, I, I, it's kind of like the reverse Borat, right? Where he sends this crazy American to the Middle East to like do American shit. Where like in Borat, it was the other direction. So that part, I would have been all for. So if he like, was like hanging out with a naked dude in the bed and like with a bear and a mail cart, that would have been great. <laughs> uh, one of the points, <laughs> what did you guys think of his... Hi, boys. I, I, uh, I'm Gary Faulkner, and I, everything's got to be American. Did you, it was just so off the rails. Like, I was just... I kind of just assume that's the way Nick Cage just is sometimes. Like, that's not even him trying to play, like, the guy that he was trying to incorporate. That's just, like, a Nick Cage persona that just he pops into, like, for a week. And his mm-hmm. friends are like, oh, God, we're putting up with this uh, guy for a week. Ultra, an alternate version of him, yeah. Great, Nick, this Nick's back. He's related to Francis Ford Coppola. That is 
bonkers. That man's won an Oscar. <laughs> it's high praise. Related to Adrian from Rocky and the, the Nick Cage here. Yep. This is crazy. I was I, I watched a video today and it was pretty funny because it was Paul Shear who plays one of uh, Cage's friends in this movie. He he was talking doing an interview with the guy, actor that plays the Javelin in the new Suicide Squad movie. And yep. they, they were asking him, like, what was the one time that you, like, legitimately broke in a scene? And he's like, the scene where we're in Vegas and Nick Cage has to wake us up. <laughs> that, that was pretty good. The, the scene, they shot a different version, and it was, like, Nick Cage within two feet of Shear's face. <laughs> like, full-on yelling at him to wake up. And, like, Shear was just talking about how, like, Nick Cage was going full Nick Cage. And like he tried not to break, so he would like turn away from the camera and put his face in the pillow just yep. because Nick Cage was full Nick Caging. I mean, I would probably find it hard to pay attention if Nick Cage was going full Nick Cage in my face. <laughs> That's what the women say. You never go the full Nick Cage. You never go full Nick Cage. Oh, Joe wants the full Nick Cage. I'll take it. So I'll bring this up now. There are, according to one Nick Cage, the director of the movie didn't get the final cut. And I, well, according to Paul Shear as well, so the film was dis- distributed by the company of the Weinsteins. Yep. Oh, God. And they are notorious for reshooting, re-editing movies against the director's wishes. Um, so that's what happened. There was like uh, uh, there was a limited amount of footage shot and did not get in the movie. So there's a there's more than there's more to this movie. So I wonder with the editing and re- and all this, I feel like there there could be points that the movie makes more sense than it does instead of. A constant like oh we're back oh we're here again like there might be scenes missing to make the story more make more sense it did almost feel like we were watching however it would break up like 20 minute episodes like we just jammed like a t te- like a mini series together into a movie is how it felt at times because like it felt so abrupt sometimes when things would change mm-hmm and where did this guy get all this money like he was broke and constantly asking for money how is he getting money to like get to pakistan or that was like one thing about the movie i'm like and i tried to do some research on the guy and like he doesn't have a wikipedia so it's hard to come up with information like how the hell he funded any of this well so the yeah he's an unemployed worker he's a construction worker that works part-time and we find out like for him to his idea is to sail from I think it was San Diego, if yep. not yep. San Diego, Wales. He was going to sail to San Diego to Pakistan. Pakistan. And he asked his uh doctor, Hey, I need to um can I borrow a thousand dollars since you are um you know, you like to donate to uh, foundations and stuff. And the doctor's like, you're full of it. What do you really want? And he's like, all right, I want to marry a woman and I need a thousand for a, a ring. And then he does. And then he buys a boat and then he goes up shore, shore to uh, L.A. Right. But that was only a thousand dollars. A thousand dollars would have funded like the trip to San Diego and to buy that shitty boat. But like, how does he later buy a hang glider, fly all the way to Israel, and then try and fly into Pakistan? Yep. And then later fly back to Pakistan, like, directly. Like, what is happening? <laughs> so how is he going to hang glide from Israel to Pakistan? That seems far. Was it not Israel? Was, he fly- was it from India? He, uh, no, he flew to Israel first. Yeah. Because checking yeah. the map, and I know how good Joe is at maps. Well, he knows maps. Israel's pretty goddamn far from Pakistan. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a, 
three minute yog. There's know. like some major countries you wouldn't want to just be floating over in Saudi Arabia, Iraq, and Iran, and Afghanistan before you'd get to Pakistan from Israel. Yeah. So I I tried to Google how long does it take if you know, and it's taking me from San Diego to Hawaii, and the fastest that has the fastest. It was five days and two hours. Most likely, it would take four. It would take two weeks to go from San Diego to Hawaii. So like, it would ha- be very cut that in half. Confusing to get all because, like, you have to get through the like islands that are between mainland Asia and Australia, and mm-hmm. then go around India up yep. into Pakistan. By boat. Yep. And he doesn't mm-hmm. know how to sail. I, like how I, he know, I his... know how to sail. I know how to sail. He broke his arm off camera. I'm I'm glad for that. You know, I just the with these type of movies, if he broke his arm, they would have showed it and it would have been like the most horrendous way possible to be like breaking his arm. Once again, though, this guy there's no way this guy has health insurance. So, like, nope. how is he paying for all this dialysis? Uh, so, dialysis is free for everybody in America. Oh, that's good to know. It's actually a thing the government did, like, uh, maybe late 80s, early 90s. Everybody can get it for free. It costs no money. But, okay, that almost made me go off into our whole system yep. in this country. But I'm going to let it go. Why we can't do that for everything. But he still broke his arm. That's an emergency room trip. Yep. That shit ain't cheap. Do you think it's he? Do you think he's stealing money from the woman? From uh, there's no way she has that much money to give. She's that's true. She three jobs and supporting a girl who has it was spina bifida, I think. Uh, or cerebral palsy. Cerebral palsy. That's yeah, the one. So, like, a lot of money's got to go to that. Yep. Well, she is working at Olive Garden, so they probably treat her like family. Not wrong. Toretto. Toretto family. How did they, how were they allowed to drop so many brain net or brand names in this movie? Cause like they talk about Dairy Queen. They show Dairy Queen ice cream. Like were these I, brands okay being in this movie? I'm going to go no. And it's just cause it's the power of Nick Cage. Yeah. I don't think Nick Cage has the power to overdo, you know, main time lawyers for these major corporations uh fun fact you don't know uh, yeah that's true they might all just be big fans of elvis <laughs> want to check uh, out his uh museum well he could he could uh so what what are some things that you uh enjoyed about this movie rick you said you uh you liked this that fucking scene where he's been like kicked out of Pakistan and he's leaving the hotel where this dude just made like great friends with all these Pakistanis. Like what all those scenes were fucking hilarious when he like gets the goat, uh, cart thing to sell better. Cause he teaches them how to cook the meat a little bit better. Yep. Oh yeah. So fucking good. I was watching this with the producer and she's like, what is happening? And what? Like, he, he's just the god of men at in Pakistan. Just getting high off his ass with people after he like breaks a tooth. No, I loved his like interaction with the hotel clerk and the security guard. Yeah, he's, so like, good barbecue sauce and he snaps his tooth eating chicken wings. It's so good. Wait, you know America has the best chicken wings ever, and if you don't agree to that, I will fight you. And just that scene then when they're leaving the hotel. And the guard gets shot. It's Al Qaeda. It's <laughs> Al Qaeda. And then the voiceover's like, "Nope, he just had a problem with the security guard for like." They uh, touched one of his wives and a girl touched one of his wives. <laughs> like banged one of his wives or something, and it's like, "It's Al Qaeda." Oh fuck! That was again. Everything in Pakistan was great. The weird interaction between the guy from the office. And the CIA guy were always bizarre 
and just awkward conversations that were hilarious. Like, who do you think you are? The Amsterdam James Bond? That felt like some of the scenes that were probably cut was, I felt like there was probably a lot more with those two. It, it, I, I agree because it felt like the, like the two agents were, were like, we don't, if to me, it felt like they didn't have enough film. So they just threw them in and like had them, they just add the scenes with them not even being on set or anything. So just they film the scenes and just cut it in, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, like Ray Wilson at one point goes, maybe we should flip them. And like, then they didn't do anything with that story point. Nope. Like it was nope. just Rain Wilson saying, let's turn them into an asset. And then nothing. Yeah. Typical CIA dropping the ball, dropping the ball. I mean, the man found Osama bin Laden had a sweet sword fight after they did dialysis. Uh, one of my favorite one of my favorite things was in the movie was when <laughs> when Cage gets to Pakistan for the first time, the guy's like, "What are you here for?" And he just like leans into the glass hole and's like, "Taking care of business." <laughs> All the taxi scenes in Pakistan, like whenever there was different taxi drivers, were great. The taxi drivers were always so like, "What the fuck is happening?" I think it was the same guy the whole time. Was it? I thought it was. Yeah, it was the guy. same guy. It was the same it was guy. Deadpool situation. Ah, uh, yeah. okay. It was the same guy at, at all. At like all when the they time. were chasing down the gunman, and he was like, "No, don't, don't do this. Come back to me. We'll talk about women and football." Yeah. No. Yeah. It was. Um, it was the same uh, taxi driver. Um. Uh. What else? Uh, I'm trying to think. Here. I love the airport scenes where he was, she was like try to bring a sword onto the plane. And she was like, yeah. I don't care what you're doing. You can't bring a sword onto the plane. <laughs> and then God talks to him, Gary, fine. I also think Russell Brand killed it through the entire, I mean, this is like a perfect role for that fucking weirdo. That is Russell Brand. Yep. I'm just like, yep. he shined every moment he was on screen. He played the God character to perfection. Gary, you seem to have gotten distracted a little bit. I will smite you. I will smite you out of existence. <laughs> when God picks him up in the RV in Pakistan. Oh, my sweet God. Gary, quit saying that. Oh, Jesus. Gary, what I say? Oh, my almighty. Almighty. Quit it, No, Gary. God. Are you no, saying God. no to me? No, God. You. Uh, but yeah, it was... There were points in the movie that was entertaining, and there was, like, not. Like, they, you, they, I think they try to do so much they put so much into it, like the storyline of what type of character he is. And then the love relationship. And then the relationship with the, uh, the stepdaughter, because that, that was a stepdaughter, right? It wasn't even anything. Cause they weren't even married or anything. He just like, well, no, no, well, no. I, I mean like for the, the Marcy, the woman, yeah. it's oh, it like, it was her sister's sisters. Yeah. Daughter, that just like, but she, her sister OD'd and died. Yeah, so it's like him trying to relate to her, but she can't talk. And then they do the crazy God ways of things. Did you guys notice, by the way, that God was always watching him and the buildings? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, because if you watch the movie... Because God's every a pervert. T- yeah. Every time you see a monitor around him, there's always an eye watching him. So it's like, oh, God's eye. Fast and Furious. Boom. Gary Faulkner's part of the family. There we go. No. Called it now. Gary Faulkner is Cypher. Confirmed. He's the ba- Oh my god, he's the thing from the movie that's been decanonized. How he's from Hobbs Shaw. Makes me that much more angry that we watch that movie now that that movie's been decanonized. Wait, is Gary right. Faulkner the Blair Witch? Oh my god, it was the Blair Witch. It was the, it was the witch. It was the witch all along. Uh, uh, but uh, what else? There was something, another scene I really liked. I'm keep forgetting. Did love the, I did love all the scenes with the sword. I, I love the fact that he hang glided and, <laughs> and he's like, here I come. And just like, then you see like Osama and he's like, oh shit. How'd you find <laughs> Gary? How did you find me? And like, they're both on dial- uh, dialysis. It's just like, what is happening here? 
the first bar scene where like he gets into it with a marine. Yes, that's what it is. <laughs> throws a fucking knife into Will Sasso's shoulder. All right, boys. Are uh, you a marine? I I love what you've done, but you know. You know, because uh, Gary's talking trash about how if he went to Pakistan, he can find him. And the Marine shows up like, hey, quit talking shit. Uh, we know you're poor, so you can't buy any of these beers. So he challenged him to throw a knife across the board, across the room. And like Gary's talking so much shit. And when he throws, like, I love the fact that like, it comes out of nowhere that Will Sasso like pops up and like, oh, shit, he stabbed again. And then the random voiceover guy cuts in again. It's like, it happened again. Yeah. It's the third time this has happened. So how do you not have a sword? It feels like you should have a sword. I may or may not have one. I don't know. Also, isn't this whole movie proving the fact that this dude is schizophrenic because he's been talking to God since he was a child? Yeah, since he lost his balloon. Like, how, first of all, it's fucked up that this dude eventually ended up, like, on actual talk shows, and they just went along. Like, dude, he's clearly schizophrenic. Yeah. Well, those same shows were making fun of Britney Spears, too, so, you know. That, yeah, that's true. I mean, one of those shows does employ, or used to employ, a Megan McCain, so it's not as though they make good choices. Yeah. Uh, GQ did a story about uh, Gary. Was he like one of the top sexiest people in America? I think so. Um, I'm finding some stuff about him, but uh, one of the things I laughed a lot was the scene where uh, Gary got like piss ass. It's like towards the end, and he gets like piss ass drunk, and it's just Nick Cage in the bar. Like, you know, if they do a movie about me, you know who should play me. That Nicolas Cage from Con Air, that should be playing me. I look a lot like Nick Cage from Con Air. Yeah, that was... That felt like a Nick Cage ad-lib. I feel like that, too. That was a pretty good scene. That was pretty funny. I thought when that scene was out, I thought that's where the movie was ending. And then... Me, too. And then it kept going. There was, like, multiple points in this movie. You're like, okay, it's done. Oh, then you check the timer, and you're like, oh, there's, like, 20 minutes left. How how was this movie a tight ninety but felt like two and a half hours? Thank you. That's what I was saying. It like when I when he comes back after this fight with Osama, I'm like, okay, it's over. And then he drops that line of he wants Nick Cage to play himself, and I was like, okay, Finn, we're done. And then like another in my mind, another forty five minutes go by to date when we watched this like we just watched suicide squad and that movie felt long and didn't feel anywhere near as long as this movie felt while being almost an hour longer of actual watch time right yeah <laughs> uh by the way um so uh looking it up gary Faulkner gets 449 dollars a month of disability with food stamps and his friend Bought him the $1,700 plane ticket. Which friend? I feel like that had to have been a scene cut out of the movie. Like, I feel like they intentionally cut out all the things about, like, how he was possibly getting more money. Like, just taking it from all of it. Like, they had to have cut that out. Like, they left in the doctor scene for some reason and then cut out how he got the money for everything else. Well, I think that friend went to Delta.com and entered promo code fake movie experts. They got 10% off his fare. God. There it is. Damn it. <laughs> there it is. And uh, oddly way, enough, we only fly United for some reason on this podcast because it's the only one requiring vaccinations for their staff. Fuck them for making me actually like something United's doing. Also, by the way, the sword was three hundred dollars. Jesus, it's a good deal on the sword. It's a pretty badass sword. I like the dagger better, but the sword's pretty badass. Dude, that fucking scene where he walked up to that knife shop in Pakistan. And just showed him his knife, got no reaction, and just went, have a blessed day, and walked away. I was like, what is happening? You know, this, you know what this movie reminded me of what I was thinking about when I was watching? That's my favorite reality show of all time, The Amazing Race. It just felt like The Amazing Race, but like on Oxycontin. <laughs> like, let's go to Pakistan and just like 
brandish weaponry in the streets and teach people how to cook better meat. And like this, apparently run into enough people that know enough English to get by all the time. I kept thinking the whole movie, like at night when he's like walking around Pakistan, like it looks like he's lost and stuff. I was thinking he thinking he was going to get jumped at any moment. Like I don't I don't know why I think my mind was just going that way. Like Joe, you're just being racist against Pakistanis now with that type of talk. Oh it's my very god! <laughs> oh my Keep god! Kids down here, we had to get some sort of racist talking. Well, I'm American, and the only thing you gotta do is buy American stuff. Uh, but like every time he would like walk around in Pakistan, I'm like, he's going to get jumped. It and did it feel just, weird that he was able to just like be around Pakistan and nothing bad ever happened to him. Yeah. Cause like, it wasn't like, not just because like he's an American in Pakistan, whatever. It's not like all Pakistanis are going to try and like murder American, but it's because this guy was going around being loud and like just obnoxious and openly saying he was trying to find Osama bin Laden. Well, he kept going the beard. You know where the beard's at? The bearded one. The bearded one. Well, I have a beard. Oh, not that, not that, not that small. The big beard. God damn this movie, dude! I hate that I liked it. Like it was <laughs> insanely boring for parts, but it's far from the worst movie we've watched on Fake Movie Experts. Like that's true. At least it looked good. The cinematography was actually top notch. Like. It didn't look like a made-for-sci-fi movie on, like, a major franchise like The Predator did and somehow had better casting than that movie did. Yeah. yeah. I like the girlfriend a lot. She was really good. She was my favorite character, I think, in the whole movie. I mean, she's been working, like, for... I mean, she's typically a TV actor, actor yeah. but, like, she's been working steadily for, like, 20 years or something like she's been in the business a while yeah like i want to say for her it was like when because she was in um she's in reno bridesmaids yes she was so that was i think i feel like that was like the beginning for her to because like yeah she was in reno 911 and she was in all these tv shows and then like the weird, she's in with you know weird movies that no one knows about or something. But then it hit with bridesmaids, and then she's in Blended, and then she's in um, is she in the she got Goldberg's, you know, and just like that's boosted her career a lot. But and then she's in this, I liked her a lot, but it's just like I think it was just funny to be like how instantly she fell in love with Nick Cage character, like. Or she like sure. had a crush on him from high school or something. Yeah, like they both did, and he's like, you know, you know how many times like I use a tissue on you, and she's like, I'll take that as a compliment. And then he was just like, let me see that back tattoo, like fucking creeper. Is this proud to be American? Is a tramp stamp? Yeah. Oh, I, I like the scene of him walking through like Home Depot. And he's like, he doesn't work there, but he's just like, you know, that won't work because that's made in China. Those were, what are, <laughs> those were really, it was like, you really want to get that from a country going through a drought right now? You, you, uh, when he's walking past like the guys picking lumber, whatever you're trying to build, it won't hold up with that. <laughs> it's like, like, what the fuck, dude? You don't know shit. Fuck off. Well, he's Gary Faulkner, not Faulkner, Faulkner. That scene was really funny too. Fuck, I hate how like ah, it was it, it was good. I it was in like it could have been a tight 45. But like, <laughs> it was for the 40, final 15. It was a tight 45, 45 at the final. It was really good. Like that for, those 45 minutes made up for like a lot. Yeah, I think one of the things I, the one of the things I kept I'm shocked and all that they got away with in like 2016 was like all like the handicap jokes that like Cage were like blurred out out of no like for no reason about her like about uh, Lizzie the girl it was just like whoa <laughs> and then he like a pass like a po- instant apologize I was yeah. like oh I, you got away with that one okay I think it's like it's because of the character he was playing that was kind of like because he was also like he would always get called off 
called out on it honestly it's like uh she just has this what's your problem and he's like fair that's fair <laughs> like are we in an when, snl skit what's happening when he broke his arm and broke his leg hang gliding for the first time and then he, he does make a joke and then the marcy lady's like what are you doing with your life and to me it felt like he was gonna ram like do a like a long dialogue thing like um hank hill's dad would like god damn it, i have broken arm broken leg god damn it and let's go off on her but he's just like why don't you show me that tramp stamp again oh you horn dog even with a broken leg and arm you're still that it's like well yeah just so bizarre it is it really really is because you know it's Nick Cage, and it's just Nick Cage taking his acting to another level. Because once again, this movie is just a honestly, it's like a one man show here. Sure, you have your side characters, but it, this whole movie is on the back of Nick Cage. Yeah, I mean that you're not. I mean, I would say Russell Brand kind of helps get it to where it needs to be, but yeah, I would like, say it's like eighty percent Cage. 18% Russell Brand and then 2% like 1.9% Rain Wilson and then everyone else. The 0.1% concentrated power of will. Thank you, uh, Fort Minor. There it is. <laughs> like the <laughs> like the scene when he gets piss ass drunk and then he has to, then him and he has his guys uh Will Sasso and Paul Shear make the ramp for Lizzie watching the movie with the producer, she's just like, how long is it going to take them to build the ramp? But it took them like a day, like no, three days. No, I feel like it took, it took more than that. Like, I think it took like months. Yeah, because there was a scene later where he has to finish the ramp because they hadn't oh, yeah. finished it. And I think he'd already like gone away for something yeah. and come back again. So like, yeah. I think that was in between him, like destroying himself on the hang glider or something. Yeah, it was after the hang glider. He, like, when she talked him into staying for a while, he finished the ramp. The the scene of him breaking down the hang glider is the guy's like, how many pieces can, how many pieces does it take me to break down the hang glider, put it back together? Sir, it's one piece. Don't break it down. I'm Gary Faulkner. You know who I am? I can do it. And then he just eats it because of... And then, like... He like he eats it. and He's yelling at the bottom of the cliff. It just reminded me of uh, Will Ferrell and <laughs> the Spice Shatter. Uh, awesome awesome powers. powers. Yeah. Hello. Can anybody help me? I have a my, my I have leg a very broken. badly broken leg. Let me see if I can step on the other one. Oh no. <laughs> hey guys, question. What music will get you amped to go kill Osama bin Laden? <laughs> what was it that he said again? What did it uh, end up being? It was Eye of the Tiger. I mean, David, that's not a bad choice. Not it's a not, bad but, choice. But Gary, according to Gary, it was like, well, you're un-American for that. <laughs> so like, at first he said Tom Petty. He's like, never Oh, mind. Tom Petty. Yeah, Tom <laughs> Petty. It was Tom Petty. He's like, don't talk to me. <laughs> but what's your inspirational music, uh, Tom Petty? So... Let me ask you guys this. What is your inspirational music? If you if you had one song go kill Osama bin Laden to, what would get you on that hype train? Hmm. Got a leash. <laughs> I'd probably go uh, America <laughs> Fuck Yeah. Oh, the Team America theme song? I feel like uh, that's just... I mean, it's almost too on the nose, but... You would have to do the Roman Reigns theme song, right? Because he no, is our he is our high chief, and we have to acknowledge him. You mean the man who openly acknowledges that he can do whatever the fuck he wants, and WWE can't do shit about it? Yes, yes sir. Oh, for me, it'd be real well, American. I, mean, I, was, I could watch real American. You mean yeah. <laughs> this real? <laughs> come here, brother. But like the really like slow intro of it. Yeah. I am, uh, Real American. The twenty second intro and then the music hits. Yeah, that 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 would be my hype music to be like, all right, I'm gonna go kill someone. Bum, bum, or biscuits bum. and gravy. That could be an option. Which one? Biscuits and gravy. <laughs> now I'm just picturing like Osama bin Laden like soft punching Joe 
and then Joe just hulking up and going, you! Oh, That's without right. question. I'll let him have a free shot in me. I'll hulk up. And then would Bye. Joe with his pythons with a leg drop finisher? I told Joe this. I want to play a D&D character on a one-shot where his whole move, so he's a barbarian, so his whole move sets wrestling moves. Then when he rages, he just does the whole, he just hulks up. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> we, 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 were, we, were making joke. we were making the joke about how, like, you're, they're fighting a giant demon. What do you do? Finger poke to the eye. That's Roll. Right. I call time out and then finger poke. Yeah. <laughs> Time out, time out, time, time out. out. Thumb to the eye. The right. eye. I go Ric Flair on him. I would do it. And my when we played D&D, I was the worst at it. Like, I could not roll with my life depending on it. So if I did finger poke, I would end up finger poking myself in the eye. <laughs> like, roll the dice. Joe, you finger poked yourself. Like, son of a bitch. Joe, you fingered yourself. Yeah, fingered myself pretty bad. I'm out for this battle. Come back for me later. Wouldn't be the first time that situation has happened. Brother. <sighs> Still waiting for that Chris Hemsworth Hogan movie. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, is he like gonna drop a hard end bomb on during the movie about like his who his daughter's dating? That'd be crazy. They just did that those are the parts they showed. They showed, <laughs> yeah. Bubble the love sponge on. That's all that was the movie. Sushi was a bad idea, dude. Just him in court. Hey, Hulk Hogan has a tiny penis. Terrible layup. Packing. Packing. <laughs> we came up with the idea. I think, was it on the no so or was it off air about how Hogan, when he gets in trouble, he'll blame the Hogan character, but not Terry Berea? Like, <laughs> Terry, Terry wouldn't have run that man over. Hulk Hogan would have. I think that was off air. But and you can up. hear all this type of great talk about great wrestling things right here at NoCellEntertainment.com. Check out the No Cell podcast. Dude. That's right. That's right, dude. Um, I like the scene of them, them in Vegas, too, of them like, how, are you, how do you know that, you, you were, that we will win all the money? Uh, Joe, because he's a magician from Vegas. That's how he knows. Well, he says it's God's casino. He's in the Lord's house. He's in the Lord's house. And I love the fact that he thinks, like, what is it, uh, Colombians are after him? And they're like, like, dude, we're from Mexico. We're here for the tequila thing. Bull racing. I have a a question about that, Joe. Yeah. You might need to look this up. The Colombian guy? Was that Horatio Sands? No. Uh, the, that, the guy, the Colombian guy, if I, if I'm correct, I'll look it up right now. Again, not Colombian. The Mexican guy. I think he was, uh, boo, I don't know if you remember, but it's, it's from, it's always sunny when they, when Dennis hires a guy that to be like Frank's son from the maid that Frank might've banged. Oh, here he is. Uh, you may know him from... Um, What's his name? Adrian Martinez. Um, he was in Stumptown. Oh, wow. He was in that. That show was okay for like an episode, and then I just never went back to it. He was in Amazing Spider-Man 2. He was in Focus. Piranha 3 Double D. <laughs> Uh, he was in Kick-Ass, Cop-Out The Taking of Pelham 123, he was the cabbie I don't know if Oh, nice um, Very end of the movie That yeah. scene, that whole scene though in the hallway was so good Where like he just kept grabbing things And beating the shit out of Nick Cage with him <laughs> That's how I imagine a fight with Nick Cage Drunk in a hotel lobby would go Yes And then the next morning just being like the goddamn Colombian stole all my money. Dude, you lost it at the table. Because <laughs> you were like hitting on 20. <laughs> he also I has lo- to live dangerously. I, he does. I also love that fact of... to me, So for me, for this whole movie, I was expecting it to be like him dreaming it all. You know, like 
on when he's getting like his dialysis and stuff. Like I thought like we're gonna get back to like him just dreaming about it and like that would would happen when I would do it. But we got that moment when we were at the casino instead. So we got a short montage of it and so like the full movie, like a Jacob's ladder type situation of uh it was all a dream type thing. But damn Colombians. That was sucked. That was so disappointing. It was just a dream at the end of the movie. Nope, it's crazier in the fact that it's real and it was a real person. Fucking dude really did it. He dude, killed, those he, fucking, he those fucking scenes from the real thing was just like, I'm like, wow, like, why? Why did like, we give this guy airtime? And like, this is why January 6th happened. This fucking moron right here. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah, you're not wrong. Ugh. Uh, I, never mind. I won't make a joke about that. So, we're, oh, we're, no. Oh. <laughs> I mean, Don't. Joe has still never proven to us where he was on January 6th. I was hanging oh, out with Chris Jericho. And you oh. were you can find oh, out Jericho. that when you when you uh you go to that website and you type in, you know, fake movie experts to get 20% off your jail time. And um <laughs> No, 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 not at all. Oh, Anything, anything you guys did not like besides the final 45 minutes of that cost 15 minutes in real time? I mean, it's just, it was very slow in the beginning. Like, I didn't need so much establishment about who this dude was and his love life and, like, all that shit. Like, I don't give a shit about this schizophrenic whack job. Like, just give me more antics of him knocking down a bunch of kayaks in a goddamn, like, sports store. It could have been five minutes of uh, just him repeatedly saying, I'm going to Pakistan to find Obin Laden, and then just all of it in Pakistan. That would have been cool. Like, I could have taken 45 minutes of him just in his hotel room swinging a sword around in his underwear and been happier with the movie. There was nothing, like, that I actively hated. There was nothing, like, that I just wanted to pull my eyes out for, but it was just so, so slow, and so much of it didn't. Like, nothing happened. Yeah, I I have to agree to that part. Like I was saying, that the final fifteen minutes of the movie felt like forty five for me. Just like wrap it up. We've been to Pakistan ten times during the movie. We don't need to go back again. It's well, like not wrong, though. There isn't anything to like pinpoint as being atrocious, mm-hmm. and that's kind of weird because like this movie really didn't like it was boring, but it didn't suck. And I mean, it shouldn't suck. There was massive talent in this movie. So I don't know why I'm surprised it didn't suck. It's just bizarre. Do, do, do bizarre. you guys think it's because of the fact that it is, it is a Nick Cage movie in the mid-2010s that he constantly is making a movie once a year, two a year, and just like this is just another one of them? Probably. Because like I would even say Nick Cage, like I've watched some of the Nick Cage from that time period and like... He, He's atrocious at acting nowadays. He actually wasn't like, I mean, yes, the voice was hilarious, but he actually acted pretty well in this movie. Like I was very confused by that. I'm like, he's actually like fully bought in and like, it feels like authentic. I, there's just nothing to like really be mad about from the movie. Like You were supposed to like really hate this character. And while you kind of do hate the character, like he lets you in on the joke of the character. Like you were laughing at him on purpose. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, like, it's uh, almost like playing a Borat character to perfection. Did you guys ever see Richard Jewell? No. It sounds familiar, but it's not. That kind of character where like he sort of means well, but he's just a bumbling fucking idiot. And you're just like, dude, you just laugh at him the whole movie instead of like with him or be on his side. It's that kind of feeling for me. Oh, oh, that's the... Um, about the Olympic bombing. Olympic bombing. Oh, yeah. okay. I know what you're talking about now. It's a pretty good movie. Uh, by, the w- directed it. Uh, by the way, Nick Cage did five movies in the year of 2016. That checks out. I mean, he was like... That was when he was super broke, right? So, like, he just had to kind of nice. take whatever was offered to him? Yes. Because uh, he did The Trust, Dog Eat Dog, Snowden... 
USS Indianapolis Minicourt Courage, and then this one. All in 2016. Bangers. Oscar winner right there, folks. Oscar winner. Yeah. He has a grand total of 108 movies so far. That's, that's too many. And uh, sadly, so a Joe Exotic product, that movie, uh, TV show that got canceled. Thank God. Wait, what's this? Hang on. Nick Cage has a trailer. Oh, okay. I got to check it out. He has Supposedly tra- his new movie is actually really good. Pig? Pig? Pig, yeah. It's supposed to be it- really good. I know Booble's not a fan of John Wick, but it's kind of like uh, John Wick with chefs. Interesting. I have to look at this trailer of his of uh, Ghostland, uh, Prisoners of Ghostland. And then that Just one that's out. like a ripoff of Five Nights at Freddy's is supposed to actually not be that bad. Willie's Wonderland. I thought yeah. it was Wally's, but it's Willie's. But I- yeah. Which I almost, is basically just a Five Nights at Freddy's ripoff, but whatever. Yeah, I almost bought, um, what is it? The, uh, where is it? Color Out of Space movie. The, uh, was the, by the book, the HP Lovecraft, Lovecraft book for 4K since it was like 12 bucks. It's probably about 13 bucks too much. Checks out. Keith saw it in um, uh, the at the, like the Regal Cinema stuff, not Regal, but um, but good because you know Nick Cage, love the man. He he just keeps on trucking, keeps on trucking. I mean, he's got to feel that dinosaur and Presley fucking addiction somehow. Well, he lost the dinosaur. I thought he sold the dinosaur. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. He lost it via the fact he had to sell it back since it was stolen. And, like, he didn't have to. He just chose to because, you know, as much as we nail on, rail on the guy, Nick Cage is supposed to, like, supposedly, like, actually a pretty good person. Um, He's just, you know, kind of out there. That's high praise. That's high praise. Uh, Rick, I know another movie that we will be doing of Nick Cage down the line whenever... Uh, Keith can't. Um, Keith gets be back part. from assignment. Yes, um, it's the unbearable weight of a massive ta- of massive talent. Okay, Nick Cage plays plays himself as a cash strapped Nick Cage agrees to make a paid appearance at a billionaire superfan's birthday party, but is really a, a, an informant for the CIA since the billionaire fan is a drug kingpin and gets cast in a trick. A Quentin Tarantino movie. I mean, unless there's a sequel, Joe, then we're not doing that on the regular podcast. Because when Keith's here, no, when he gets out, experts. when when he gets out, when Keith has to be gone, we're going. Oh, to watch this is it. a this is something I have to go through. Yes, because <laughs> Pedro Pascal's in it. How does how does Nick Cage keep getting these big time people to be in his movies? Uh, Tiffany Haddish is in it. Neil Patrick Harris is in it. Okay, Legendary. I'm in. You've sold, you've sold me. Yeah. But it's basically Nick Cage trying to get himself, and it's based in the 90s. So, so it's like, so, like, so we're going to get like CGI Nick Cage from Con Air on this movie? No, we're not, because I'm looking at photos right now, and there's multiple versions of his hairstyle. Like, it's like the floppy 90s, like, God comb it. over type, but like the, and then there's like another one, like a buzz cut type thing. But yes, it's high praise. Jesus high praise. praise. I have some reviews from uh, good old IMDb. These and I'm probably gonna be top notch. These are 10 out of 10. Uh, before um, you go, Joe, I will tell you that I did look for the ghost of Roger Ebert. That site did not do a review. So oh, damn it. I tried. E- even I tried. Robert Ebert's ghost couldn't be bothered with this movie. No. Uh, 10 out of 10 uh, kept me laughing the whole time and it's a true story love living in these rocky mountains <laughs> god damn it <laughs> uh, this takes me back to when I first saw Nicolas Cage in Raising Arizona I think he got sidetracked in drama and action movies before he uh, because he's a born comedian this brought me back I loved it give it a watch you will enjoy it and this was from August 8th 2021 so not that many days ago 
Jesus. Joe, did you write that? Uh, if my name is X, Dr. Frankenstein X, then yes. Yes, it is. That, yeah. I'm pretty sure that it is. It is. Big Frankenstein guy, you know? Uh, so for budget and all that good jazz, uh, fun fact, couldn't find a budget. Low. Let's be honest. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Nick Cage is just a front for cartels who are trying to clean their money. So that makes sense. So Nick Cage is basically the Hollywood version of Tommy Wiseau that somehow you get all the money. You just don't know where. Yeah. From cartels trying to clean up their money. Um, one last one. Uh, I just want to do one sentence from this. Nick Cage is a national treasure. Do you like Nick Cage? Do you like swords? Then why haven't you seen this movie? That's actually a great tagline. That guy should work on taglines for movies. Yeah. Uh, so for the box office, it was never released here in the U.S. But it was released in Pakistan? Uh, internationally, yes. So internationally and worldwide are the same amount as it earned $372,194. That's Damn. enough to fund that guy another trip to Pakistan because apparently that's what he's doing with his money from this movie because Osama bin Laden's not actually dead to him. I was going to ask if you saw the, the ending credits scene where he said that. I was like, Jesus Christ. Well, he's not dead. He's got his body. If he was truly dead, they would have shown his body, right? So he's still alive, according to Mr. Faulkner. Um, so since there is no box office for this, I decided to look up the week that it came out and just do the top three. I'm oh, about yeah. it. December 18th of 2016. All the top three movies were, were all in its first week. Coming I mean, in at, 2016, at least one of them is probably a Star Wars movie. So coming in at number three with 4.1 million is Alvin and the Chipmunks, The Road Chip. Ouch. Oh, so that's one of the. I've seen the original one because, like, as a kid, I really liked Alvin and the Chipmunks. Mm-hmm. Those movies aren't ain't great. No. I watched the first one and I have felt no need to watch the sequels. Yeah. Coming in number two in its first week with 49 million sisters. Sisters. Tina Fey. Um, uh, oh. I've not ever been John able to Cena. finish that movie. Yeah? Uh, it's okay. Eh. I'm blanking on her name. Um, Tina Fey. Uh, Amy Poehler. Other, yeah. Tina Fey, much better TV actor than she is a movie actor. Except for Mean Girls. Yeah, except for Mean Girls. But, I mean, she's just kind of in that movie. Like... That that's which I don't mind about it. Like she's not the main a, focus. Okay, so she's okay as a bit character in movies. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. she yeah. can't carry a movie the way she can no. carry a TV show. Yeah. Coming in number one in its first week with a hundred and nineteen million. Rick, you were correct as it was Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Because that was their whole thing for the longest time was a Star Wars movie on Christmas, like every yeah. year. Yep. So let's go to the ratings. IMDb gave this a 5.1 out of 10. Rotten Tomato, critics and audience agree, 25. Fuck you, critics and people on Rotten Tomato. I'm closer to IMDb. So get ready, uh, Booble, because you're about to glaze some stars. Ooh. Because we glaze stars around here nowadays. So... Booble, since it's your first time glazing them, what do you give Army of One? Army of One. Well, I'm going to go... I'm going to go two stars. That's high praise. It's really high praise. Funnier than it should have been, and I didn't actively hate anything in the movie. Yeah. Rick? I am fully on board with uh, Booble's thought process. I also give it two stars. I like there were parts that I found awesome. Like, yeah, it was boring at times, but yeah, I rate this higher than such movies as The Predator, Fast and Furious, Hobbs and Shaw, Legally Blonde Two, and The Book of Shadows: Blair Witch Two. 
I've rated this movie higher than almost like 25 to 30% of the movies we've watched for <laughs> That's high praise. <laughs> That's high praise for this goddamn podcast. So you gave it a two, right? You said two yeah, and a half? I said two. Okay. Okay. So for my five stars, it is a oh. Nick Cage movie. Oh no. Yep. yep. Do it, Joe. Fuck up the star glazer. I'll give it a three and a three. I'll give it three. I'll be nice. I'll be, I'll be, I, it, it, if I really went fanboy, I'll just give it a five, but I'll be nice. I'll be real here and I'll give it a three out of five. It was entertaining. I, I mean, I'll be honest. I can't really argue that fact. Yeah. So. That brings it in at a three. No, that can't be right. That didn't add things up correctly. Hold on. Or did it? Hang on. Fix Wait it. For it. So it brings it in at a 2.3. Okay. At a 2.3, that would make it the second best movie in the Predator franchise. Yes. Uh, <laughs> would, wouldn't rate in the Cornetto trilogy. Is it better than um, Blair Witch? The Book Shadows? Oh, yeah. By like a full point. That's all that matters. That's it's all that matters to me. It's also better than Blair Witch, the third one. That's that, that's fine. That's fair, actually. Mr. Booble watched uh, the Blair Witch in theaters. I did. And he he's like, what do you think? And I'm like, until they showed the witch. I actively laughed out loud in the theater when that fucking witch came on screen. I was like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> So this movie, according to us, outrates Too Fast, Too Furious, Fast and Furious, Tokyo Drift, and Hobbs and Shaw. Jesus Christ. And, like, I can't fully argue that fact. I can. (laughs) And Booble can. I disagree on some of those points. You know, it's okay. (laughs) Like, I think the only one I would actually rank higher than that would be Hobbs and Shaw and maybe Too Fast, Too Furious. And I'm the one who tanked the... Too fast, too furious. Yeah, you tanker, <laughs> son of a bitch. What up, cuh? What up, cuh? What are you trying to finish? What are you trying to finish there? God damn it. I hate that this movie was like this for a, for an edition that's supposed to be about bad movies. This movie turned out okay. You're damn right. Oh, but boys, I get to pick next for the Q edition. Oh, and since bet. this is my first dip into the Q. I feel like doing some real fucking punishment. So you better fire up that HBO Max because, boys, we're diving in and we're doing Ready Player One. Uh, I've watched uh, that movie already. It's so fucking bad. Not even fun. It's just going to be an hour and a half punishment. Huh? It's a video game movie, right? Yeah. Okay, good. It's nothing but hot takes. It's nothing but jerk off like cool stuff from your childhood exploitation in a very poorly written script. Hear me out. Can we? Can we not do that? Not because of no, no, not not because of the movie. It's because of the fact I've seen the ending about forty times because it's always on before Dynamite, (laughs) and Dynamite always shows like a movie before, and it's always Ready Player One. No, Joe, it's time for you to finally understand why the ending happens. I know the ending! <laughs> but you need, to under- you need to understand how we get to that ending, Joe. Okay. Joe, we're going to Tarantino your ass. We're going to show you the ending, and then you're going to watch from the beginning. God damn it. This ain't Memento by fucking uh, Chris- Christopher Nolan here. God damn it. All right, and fine. Like, this is the type of movie I should love. Like, it's nerd, like, just nerdgasm, like, stuff. It's bad. Like it's well, hear, not it's not even fun bad. It's hear, just bad. Hear me out. Hear me out. If you want, you can change it because there's gonna be a ready player two. There's gonna be a sequel. And see, I did originally have a different movie that was a bad movie that isn't that bad, but it okay. wasn't available anywhere. We would have had to rent it. I originally uh, was gonna say we do ice pirates. Which Joe, is like kids. Joe, you brought this up on the queue. Ice we pirates. derailed an entire ending of a fucking show because you brought up Ice Pirates. Ice it's, Pirates. It's like a very like 80s, I think, movie. 
where like it's sci-fi and like they just have to like transport ice and they're pirates and like it's where did where did the, what movie we almost watched that like four times on the queue because you can't it's, yeah it up. super campy but like it's not streaming anywhere we would we would have had to spend three dollars to watch it not about that life hmm i the joke is i was thinking of doing an old q movie but like yeah um you were gonna pick the room joe you know no, we know it i'll be frank that was on the list but i was like we've seen it multiple times but first I was of all of, frank is your new cat yeah that's true that is true um your show seeing, uh, but can i be frank for a moment because i had the movie that uh i was planning on doing but i i mean i didn't want to relive it through it again where is it? I, I, mean, I forgot the name of it. They can always just go listen to the archives of the queue at nocellentertainment.com. They can't. I was thinking of doing Never Too Young to Die again. The one with John Stamos and Gene Simmons. Stargrove. I do love Gene Simmons, but we're doing Ready Player One, and Joe's right, going to hate it. It's going to so, be Ms. awful. So I have an assumption that uh, we might be doing this for a couple of weeks. So, Mr. Booble. You get next pick after uh, Rick here. All right. So just throw that. I never- have an idea if I could find it. Ooh, okay. If, I like yeah, it. So, so you can go back to nocellentertainment.com. That's right. Nocellentertainment.com to find all these lovely podcasts that we do, all the old ones, such as these old Q ones. You can go and see the blogs. I believe uh, Mr. Mac, the Jeff one. Has a new one out from <laughs> we can do my movie. Shit. <laughs> and uh final hour of podcast. And like always, you can listen to all of our podcasts wherever you listen to your podcasts. It's time to jack in. Or off? Back into the mainframe. <laughs>